I'm Nietzsche. And I'm Kelsey. And welcome to the Intersections of Friendship Podcast. This week is an especially long episode as Nietzsche and I got into a heated debate about what it means to be woke, how communities perpetuate or don't perpetuate racism, and how we hold ourselves and others accountable while seeking redemption for past transgressions. So a while ago, a couple of weeks back, I don't even think it was that long. When did I send you? It was earlier this week. Earlier this week. So this weekend, I think we were in the group chat. And one of my quote-unquote woke friends made this big huff and puff about Dr. Seuss and how he was this racist person and how we were all teaching our children racism by reading these Dr. Seuss books to them. To strengthen his argument, he sent me an article and that article was about Dr. Seuss and his racist the accusations against him being racist and how people were petitioning for March 2nd, which is like reading education day that also falls on his birthday to be changed, to be called something else or to be focused on something else besides Dr. Seuss himself. Uh Uh-huh. You with me? Yes. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because of the fact that One of the things I've been having a huge issue with is that all these woke people are, I almost want to say wrong or overly woke. Does that make sense? I want to hear more about what you mean by overly woke. So Dr. Seuss came up in a time where we don't consider what the world was like based on what he was putting out there in his books. Now in his early life, when he first started doing work before he did books, when he was writing for like newspapers or doing the drawings and things of that nature, I believe he was a part of one of the world wars. I believe it was world war two when he was active and he used to draw cartoons and things that depicted um, some racially sensitive material towards Asian Americans, specifically Japanese, especially. Mm-hmm. And when you go and read some of his books now, or some of his books much later in life, you notice that he had this, I don't know if it was an epiphany or he realized what he was putting out there was wrong. And he started writing more material towards racial harmony. So, one of the things that really bothered me about not only this article, but the person who was sharing the article and spewing the rhetoric behind the article was that he neglected to realize one, what the times were and how the author was putting out information based on the times. And two, as his books went on longer and longer, if you look at some of his earlier work compared to his later work, that his methodology started to become more this harmony of race and things like that can exist. I think this conversation is the reason we have our podcast, because uh, I'm going to push back on what you're saying. And while 
I think we're going to come to an agreement on some of the fundamentals. I think wording is important here. So I agree with you that people who are overly woke are sort of targeting the wrong pieces of the like bullet hole or the like what's it called when you like throw darts at it and it's oh like, the bullseye. Thank you, bullseye. Um, but here's where I disagree. So I think that this idea of forgiving people for past transgressions is unfair and doesn't hold people accountable today. So he did grow up in a time or did like come up in literature at a time when anti-Japanese rhetoric and uh, propaganda was popular, but that doesn't forgive him for not having a moral compass. And there were plenty of people fighting against the like um, Exclusion Act, against the propaganda. Like we don't see Jim Crow propaganda around anymore. We don't see the like pure pool photos anymore. And I think that we have to progress. And even if something is timely based on its spacing, that doesn't mean we have to teach kids today that those things were okay, because I think it's subtly perpetuating that racism. And I think that while Dr. Seuss may have, as a human in his own right, come up and like had his own space of like cultural humility, he's still a white man of power. So like, what does that help when he has all of these books that are perpetuating racism on a daily basis? It doesn't help. So I think with that being said, also, Dr. Seuss is not the only one. Random House uh, Publishing is where he published, and all of his books were edited and published, so why are we only holding him accountable and not the publishing firm? Secondly, uh, what are we doing with the money that's being diverted? Dr. Seuss is no longer alive, um, so where's all this money that Random House uh, Books is getting from the proceeds of all of his books that are continually sold on a regular basis. And three, in regards to people who are woke when it's convenient for them to be woke and only when information is provided to them because they're not critically thinking about it, watch your target. Like, mm. if you are not... If you're upset about Dr. Seuss because you read this article or because you saw something on TV or because you had an epiphany, think critically about all of the other things you're doing for your kids. Dr. Seuss is not the only children's book that is incredibly racist. It is not the only book that is heteronormative. And I'm not forgiving these things. I'm calling to attention that if we are going to be critical of how we're raising our children and how we're perpetuating these stereotypes, let's have a real conversation about how white supremacy functions and how it's attached to capitalism, how it's attached to our own actions. Like by participating in the system, we are perpetuating white supremacy. Like myself, particularly as a white woman, like I am perpetuating many of these factors unless I fight against it. And so I think I've sort of gone in, in circles here. Um, but the root of what I'm saying is I think we have to hold him accountable. And I think by holding him accountable, we hold ourselves accountable. And by looking at the root of where this comes from is important and instead of highlighting oh kids should read dr seuss because it's a good children's book let's read it through a critical race lens like if we want to talk about the times then let's teach the kids the times let's talk about what 
the Japanese anti-Japanese propaganda did. What did that mean? Those were real people, real families. So this is where I jump in and agree with you, right? And that's what I mean by fake woke. <laughs> yeah. That right there described what I mean by fake woke. So there's this thought process I have sometimes that I think, I know a lot of people will disagree with me about, but I think we tend to forget what it's like when <clears throat> you've been raised a certain type of way and certain beliefs have been ingrained in you and you don't you don't think that they are wrong because you've never been shown anything different or you've never been exposed to anything different or you or you just literally don't know because it's been the way you raised it's been the way the world is mm -hmm. right i think sometimes we forget about that part of humility like yes hold the person accountable but also be i guess you could say a little bit understanding of what was going on correct so mm -hmm. Let's take the anti-Japanese aspect, because that was like one of the biggest things he was known for, actually more so than he was for just uh, racism along black lines, mm -hmm. black and white lines. He was actually more about the uh, Japanese white American lines, mm -hmm. okay? Using that, you may have grown up in a society where you're taught that these people are lesser than you. Mm -hmm. Not that that's an okay taught. That's not an okay thing, but you've been taught that. And then you're also in a period of time where these people have, um, this group of people have attacked you. Mm -hmm. And now that anger, all of that coming together, it's, it seems as if when you're putting something out there about them, you're not necessarily being racially negative. You're being more of a, I'm for my country. You're trying to show you're more for your country. Because if you read what he, a lot of the propaganda that he put out there with anti-Japanese, it always coincided with the war. Well, that was the only reason that it existed was because of the war. It was a strategic way to lock people up and to spread lies about how our society functioned so that you could enslave people. The same thing happened with Jim Crow. Exactly. So I'm not saying you you forgive and just move on. What I'm, I'm, I'm basically with you. If you're going to call someone out about something put all of it into perspective and talk about the entire the entire thing. Don't just be like, oh, they were this, this, that, and the third, and we can't do this, and we're not going to read this, and we're not going to talk about that. Nor are we, you know, nor should you ignore the fact that this person literally changed all of their thinking. What happened to make them change that thinking? So in the article that you shared with me, there's one sentence that flipped a switch for me, and it's that... One of his books is very anti-Semitic, Semitic, excuse me, um, and his friend told him not to release it because of its anti-Semitism ingrained in the book. He went back, edited it to be anti-racist, and Random House Publishing published the book at that point. And I think that calls to attention the role of the publishing firm, like, was he trying to push back against those theories prior to that? And, and I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm forgiving him because I don't. And I want to make it a clear distinction that well-intended people still do bad things mm -hmm. and we still have to hold them accountable. And I think that people who are woke, rolling my eyes as I'm saying that, are 
people who are unwilling to hold themselves accountable, so they're going to hold all of the past transgressions accountable and be somehow better than, we are no smarter than people were in the 1940s. We just know different things than they knew then. So what I mean by that is I'm going to hold Dr. Seuss accountable. He could have been a critical he could have taken a critical race lens. He may not have had the verbiage to say critical race lens, but he could have pushed back and he could have had better children's books that we could have today. There are other examples of this happening like outside of literature where people pushed back. I do not forgive him for perpetuating that. But I do think that this idea of being well-intended forgives you and like having progress in your humanity only gets you so far and and not to discredit that that progress is important because it is and we need people to make that progress but I I, I, like his books should not be celebrated none of them no I don't think they should unless we take it from a perspective of look at how this book is representative of its time and then how that influenced society like look at how kids viewed people who look different than them. Like, in regardless of what that child, or who that child was and what they Mm -hmm. looked like, this book perpetuates, the series of books perpetuates stereotypes. It creates hate. It creates this idea of dominance in the white space. It creates white supremacy and white frugality because it only shows people of color in non-speaking roles. Like, I think that's important to acknowledge, but I think his book should only be read with the caveat of, look at the harm it did to our society. Like, more as a cautionary tale than as a, this is a fundamental reading for your five-year-old. So you feel like the things that he says in his books harmed our society? A hundred percent, yes. Huh. I mean, think about how many people have read his books. I read them all multiple times. Uh Uh-huh. I still have two as an adult. It's still today is the second, uh, two of his books are the top grossing children's books. I think one is like a top grossing adult book, actually. Um, I think All the Places You'll Go. Yeah, that is. I have that copy as well. I actually Um, got it as a graduation gift. I did too. See? Uh So this is where, so this is where this flips. And why I'm using him as an example, because it can also go for an example for multiple spaces, multiple people. Uh Uh-huh. How, thinking of wording here. Okay. So how does a person who may have thought one way in a negative aspect, who begins to become a different thinker and starts to put a different rhetoric rhetoric out there, i.e., I was negative, I was racial, I might have been biased, I might have said some racist things at one point in my life. And now I'm at a point where I understand those things that I said weren't okay. I do not feel that way anymore. And I actually am all very open for things. How does a person get, I don't even want to use the word approval. How does a person get respected for that or forgiven for that or, or, or treated better for that? Does that make sense? Uh, Like Dr. Seuss is no longer here. So we can't have a conversation with him and he can't defend his name. He can't show people that he's changed if he has changed and pushed forward, right? But the same things that we're doing to him in his space of children books, we do to other people now. 
Like somebody may have done something in the past that everybody kind of knows about or a lot of people know about and they're like, rah, rah, rah. They're really upset about it. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side, when that person comes to a different space and they feel a different way and it's moving into a positive life, they're still knocked over head about the things that they said in their past or did in their past that were in this negative aspect. And it makes it almost like I might as well still be that type of person if people are going to treat me as if I still am that type of person. Like, what's the worth of even trying to transition, even if I feel like this is where I want to be? What's the mm. worth of it at that point? What's the purpose? Damn, that's such a good question. So that's what I'm saying, like, on the flip side, because, and, and this is why I said me and him had this argument, because our argument didn't just center around Dr. Seuss. The reason why I got upset was because what he said he didn't give the entire story. He didn't talk about how at later times Dr. Seuss actually talked about his mm -hmm. change of thought and position. There are articles out there about him, him about his change of thought and position. So I will say, even if that was, you know, going back to what you say, some influence of the publisher, mm -hmm. there's still things on documentation that his, his attitude did change about the racial implications. Like one of the things I remember um, that he did, this is just from memory, you guys can look it up, of course. He did this drawing of a guy on a piano. And he told, and it was another guy telling him, hey, if you want to have like the best harmony, the best sound, you got to use the white and black keys. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's what I was trying to talk to this guy about. Like, yeah, I get it. Definitely. You know, Dr. Seuss himself, a lot of those books aren't for our children. They're not something that we should be pushing out. If anything, I think Dr. Seuss books are actually something that should be explored around the middle school, high school age in, a, in the format that you're talking about so you can explore what else was going on around it. So you can see what was being put out to young children and stuff and then how that information flipped and influenced them. Yeah, so I think those are the type of books or that type of literature should be at an older age where you're still young enough to be in this space to connect with the books, mm -hmm. but you're old enough where you can see how that connection could have cost you a different mindset. Yeah. So that's one of the best questions that I think we've explored. Um, I think there has to be a mechanism for people to be, I don't know if forgiven is the right word, um redeem redeem uh, yeah or or seen as somebody who has made the progression to seeing what they previously thought as wrong and i agree with you that we have to have some sort of sort of incentive for making that change and in the case of dr seuss that's the case that like he later from what you're saying like wrote about racial harmony but here's where I go back to the original point that I was trying to, one of the original points I was trying to make. We have to hold other, the root of the problem accountable. And that is the publishing firm is still producing their books. Capitalism is still attached to the sale of literature. And we're still teaching our kids these books True. in school. And that's the fundamental problem. We're, we're still perpetuating it. Um, so I'm going to detour us really quickly. So Walt Disney was around the same time as Dr. Seuss, <laughs> a little bit after. Oh. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so racist. So <sighs> anti-Semitic. 
many of the same problems, although there was never documentation later in Walt Disney's life that he sort of talked about having a different mindset. I don't think he ever did. No, that's what I'm saying. There's no documentation. The business of Disney is still run in a very white-dominated space. Um, Most of the characters are white. It's a uncomfortable space for many um, small children of color. Um, Sorry, I don't mean to say small. That is a poor choice of words. Um, Just children children of of color. Um, So what I mean... But here's the thing. The stuff that is, like, overtly racist is not available publicly. Yeah. So I'll agree it's with very you there. It's very subtle. I'll agree with you there. But, but, so then, so, but, so then now you're punishing someone who at this point doesn't have control of those past things. See, but you're not punishing him. He's not alive. Okay, but you're, you're punishing, punishing the publishing company. But you punish him when you say... He was this, 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 and this. And he always going to be this, this, and this. We don't give him credit for any of his redemption for the simple fact. Well, not for the simple fact, but for one of the facts that his information is still, his old information, the negative information is still out there. We don't give him any credit for his redemption. Now, Mm -hmm. I do think, I honestly think if those books weren't out there, the ones that, because all his books are not, let's be real, all of his books are not racist. Let's be 100% honest. Some of them are in a very independent space some of them are in a very harmonious space of trying to bring it together and some are on that left side i guess you can say but we don't give him credit for redemption Uh so i guess what i'm hearing from you is that we need to be more critical of which books we're going to pull off and so I, i can agree with you about that like we need to have a conversation about which books then we want our kids to read or that we think mm-hmm. are reasonable without a critical race perspective. Exactly. I also... I but wanna... even connecting to him, being more uh, being more critical in our immediate things of saying this person was that and this person was this without looking at exploring the entirety of the situation too. So, yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think with Dr. Seuss, what your point is well taken and, and well pointed out that we have to have a conversation about the change. We have to have a conversation about which books we're going to remove. We have to have a conversation about the root cause, as mm-hmm. I was mentioning. Uh, but I'm, I'm still stuck on your question about how do you forgive people achieve or redemption. like redemption mm-hmm. or achieve redemption. And as a white woman, I don't think it's my place to really to make a, a definitive decision, but I can speak from my own experience of receiving redemption um, in certain spaces. So I, I was problematic, and as many white people are, and I'm, I don't forgive myself necessarily mm-hmm. for some of the things I've said or done younger as a younger person. Um, I do think I am a product of my environment and my education system and there are some things that like this particular topic i'm going to get us on a real detour for a hot second go ahead part of the reason this hit such a chord for me is i'm embarrassed to say this but this is a reality and we have to have a conversation based in reality and authenticity it was on it was not until college that i realized that slavery impacted real people because the textbooks of my state 
only showed propaganda and Jim Crow. And it was not real people depicted. They never said in my classroom that I can recall that these were real people. They referred to them as slaves and they um, showed us propaganda photos. So I never had a, a frame that it was real people. I thought they were fictional characters. And so for me now, I'm very careful about my word choice. I always say people who were enslaved because it's important for me to say they were people. The Japanese propaganda did not impact me as much because I grew up in California. There were Japanese internment camps. Our airport is named after the mayor of our town whose family was interned. Like It was a, a very different reality for me growing up because I knew that Japanese and internment happened and slavery occurred um the chinese men were enslaved to build the caves in napa valley and, and railroad like, systems over there farms well. mm-hmm. yeah and like um latino and hispanic people are forced into farm work and paid a low wage which hello like slavery was for farm work how are we not connecting the dots that sl- farm work today is still slavery um anyhow the, the reason I bring all of that up and to share that story is to say I think that Dr. Seuss's books and the harm that it's caused in our society is just one other example of perpetuating the system and my example is the propaganda in my textbook and with that being said sorry really I just want to wrap up this thought about no, go ahead. the redemption so I was not and I still am not fully aware um, and as a white woman I'm never going to understand what it is like to be a person of color what I can say is I try to own my identity a lot. I try to acknowledge that I am in many spaces the oppressor. Um, and and that's, that's not a shot at me as an individual. Mm-hmm. And that's not a shot at other white people as individuals. That's a shot at the system. And like I have to recognize there are spaces I'm going to have power. And I have to recuse that power. Not in a like uh, I'm no. giving you this, but, but I have, have to, to keep recognize quiet. it. Yeah, I, and, and I but need you to, see like, how you just had that. all of that. You just talked about that and how where your epiphany came and where your seek for your sought for redemption is now more so with your interactions and how you say things and do things. Yes, just like that was taught to you that way, and you didn't understand certain things until you had a, a certain space in your life. That is the point I'm making. Yeah, what if that was the case for him? And I think it is, but I, I'm I'm trying to pull it into current context. Because I think the real issue that you're... is not just Dr. Seuss. I think the real issue you're having is that people who are woke are not actually woke. Like yes. They're not being critical. So they're I'm not saying, being critical and they're not looking at things from that full perspective. No. I agree. So I'm saying we need to hold the publishing firm accountable. Oh, why absolutely. are his books still being sold? Yeah, why are the, the We need the to hold the education it. system accountable and we need to hold ourselves accountable. So I was offering my example yeah. as like this is what I do today. No, but that's that's exactly what I'm to saying. To get at the redemption like I'm that's I don't perfect, want though. redemption, but I do want to recognize that I cause harm if but, I'm not but aware that's technically that I what cause you're harm. but that's technically what you're seeking. Not necessarily you're seeking redemption in the retrospective. I deserve it. It's more of a I realized that my thinking, the way I was taught, was negative towards the progressiveness of society. Because if you went to continue to think about that like now at this age and in 10 and 20, 30 years from now, that trickles down into your family. You're not able to progress yes. your family. So you 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 recognize that in your actions now say 
this is what I know, this is how I'm going to act, this is how I'm going to make sure. For example, when you said I make sure I always use the term people who were enslaved, which is very important, by the way. I, yeah, I know. I don't say my, you know, I don't use the term my family was slaved. I say my family was enslaved. You know, yes. we were we were slaves. Uh-huh. And then I also tell people, a lot of people are always like about your history. This is a tangent. But... People talk about history, and I always tell people, oh, my family history, unfortunately, stops at what's called the Great Wall of Slavery mm-hmm. in America. And people don't recognize that. Like, it's so crazy, because when I have conversations with people who are actually African-American, aka people who came from Africa who moved to America, and you have a conversation with them about your history, you try to explain to them, you know, once you hit to the slavery years of America where people were enslaved, black people, people of color were enslaved, you're no longer able to trace things Mm -hmm. at that point. But to flip back over to what we're talking about, that's exactly what I'm saying. Just like now, where you're making a conscious effort to contribute to the progressiveness Mm -hmm. of that knowledge as a woman, as a white woman, as a person who's in society, I feel like, I don't want to give somebody credit that they don't deserve, but I don't hesitate to say that that's part of partially why Dr. Seuss switched his mentality about things. And people don't give people credit for things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's where I get frustrated. I agree. Like the stuff that was prior rhetoric that he was spewing, that was negative. Those things should be removed. I mean, it's so easy. Um, Part of the reason why I was really upset about the, I don't know if you remember, what's her name? Trump's wife? Melania. Do you remember when she donated those books for like National Reading Day or something like that? National Reading Day is Dr. Seuss's birthday. Yeah, but do you remember when she donated, was that when she donated the books or was it a different day? I believe it was that day, but I, nobody (sighs) quote that date. So when she donated, you know what she did? Okay, well, I'll go into it because people probably don't know. So she decided to give books to like one classroom in every single state or something like that. And literally these 10 books that she donated were all Dr. Seuss books, right? But that's the whole point. The National Reading Day is his birthday. It's to honor his history. Mm. And his books, according to the, the article we read, that's yeah. the whole intention of the so, day. And see, that's where I get, that's where I also get a little bit funny about it because I think they just use him because he's just such a huge figure in the literary world as far as children's are children are concerned. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about perpetuating racism. But, but I don't know if that's <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't I don't feel like the reason why is why he was picked is because it perpetuates racism. I know yes. that it does. I don't think, I think he was picked for that reason exactly. I don't think Cold he was picked for that reason, I though. I think so. I think he was. And maybe this is the problem. Maybe the problem is because I'm a person of color that I'm looking at it like, oh, you know, it's Dr. Seuss. Heck, I get it. Yeah, you know, he contributed to children's books. Um, and it could be just what they ingrained in us. But but if that's the case, then this shows you what a product of, what a person who's the product of a Dr. Seuss takeover is, you know? Somebody who's been exposed to only that. So I get you. But it's like, that's the whole day. And like, I don't... That day does not mean Dr. Seuss to me. So me personally, I'm like, yeah, yo, I get it. Cool. You picked his birthday because he's... In my mind, I'm like, yo, I guess you picked his birthday because he has such a big presence in the literary world of children. But however, I don't attribute it to him. I just call it National Reading Day. So Uh, That article actually was the thing that put me onto the fact that it was his birthday. So the fact that you ignore it is good for you. 
But I think we need to acknowledge, and going back to the root of this entire conversation, <laughs> hold them accountable. Yes, I agree. I if, agree. If the, like, I don't think that they did it, and maybe somebody who made this decision did it because he's a literary like and that and that's person. the type of stuff I'm talking about. Like that that thing where it's not always about this racist thing. So sometimes it, it literally no, sometimes it literally is. I thought he was a, a literary person that I recognize as a, a children's author. So why not honor his birthday? Sometimes okay, it really who, is just that. And okay. that doesn't negate the influence or the effect of making a decision like that brings. Because at the end of the day, sometimes, what you said, what did you say about intentions or I'm something? I was just going like? to bring up, well-intended people do bad things. Right. And, and that's why I say, like, sometimes it really is, like, I did something because I thought, like, hey, everyone reads Dr. Seuss. Hey, Dr. Seuss has tons of children's books. Hey, Dr. Seuss is, like, one of the leading children's books out there. I want to make a day to honor literarily, liter, liter, children's geez. literature. Yes. I was to say literary genius, but I, I had to cut myself off. So I got the stumbling, but I wanted to do those things. So I chose Dr. Seuss as the figure because he's who I connect with, or I know as a whole, everyone in America connects with. And I put it out there that that's what I'm saying. Sometimes it's that simple. Pause. Doesn't make it. Okay. Pause. In your mind, right now, the person that you've decided who made this decision, we don't know who really made this decision. No. Tell me, describe that person to me. Who do you see? I think it was a board of teachers. A board of teachers. And what do they look like? Are they white or are they people of color? Ugh, that's good. Um, mostly white, few people of color. Thank you. And when you said all of America, who do you think they thought all of America was? People who looked like them? Probably so. So mostly white people. Probably so. So <laughs> well-intended people do bad things. And, and yes. And with that, like, I, it, everything is race. Our system is built on I agree, the idea but of, I want people to give, like, I guess my thing is if everything is, so yeah, now we're both like, how do I say this? <laughs> So let me be clear. It's not even about an offense thing because neither of us are taking offense. Where we're both at right now is literally how do you express yourself without coming off as a jackass right yes. now? That's yes. literally what it is. So that's for me, and that's why I say like, yes, we, we can correct it. It can be fixed. It needs to be fixed. Those are not the things I'm disagreeing with. But what I'm saying is this is I guess I'm one of those people where I get tired of having to be angry and putting everything back into a lens of race. Not because I don't think that that is a part of it. I think 100% literally everything America is built on and all of its actions and the things that we do as a country as a whole is all about race and, and, and racial prejudices, uh, prejudice and racial persuasion and pushing in certain directions, right? I think it's 100% about that. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we use that knowledge or that little thing as a crutch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. You get what I'm saying? I agree. So, so to me, it's more, it's more. It's better for me for you to say, or I think it goes a longer way to say, Dr. Seuss wrote some things that should not be a part of today's learning society. 
Let's remove those things. Let's be real about those things that should not be in place. Let's not honor him because of those things. Let's change this so that it's more inclusive. Instead of just being like, oh, Dr. Seuss was racist. We shouldn't have it because it's Dr. Seuss day. It's facts. You know, he had a race. Yeah. He had a race. Those are facts. I, it, it would do us better to start saying, in my opinion, it would do us better to say, we live in a progressive society. So what we need to do is utilize National Reading Day as an inclusive day. So rather than centering it around one person or someone who, who had ties to racism mm-hmm. or ties to a society that was very prejudicial and it, 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 a society that literally was kind of pigeonholed, let's open it up and not put it towards one person mm-hmm. or one thing. Let's make National Reading Day this um, celebration of the love of reading, inclusion, and progressiveness. Yeah, I I agree with you about that, and I think the days should be switched to just that, and I think we have to offer solutions. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Intersections of Friendship. This is Niki again, and we enjoy sharing this experience with you. In between episodes, you can connect with us via Twitter or Instagram at underscore x friendship underscore. Additionally, you can email us at intersectionsoffriendship at gmail.com with any of your questions or comments. You never know, maybe something you share may end up on the podcast. Until next time, here's hoping you have an amazing day and we look forward to having you again.